Welcome to The Shift, the podcast that empowers you to make a change in your life and chase your dreams with passion and purpose. If you are tired of feeling stuck in a life that doesn't fulfill you, if you have big dreams and ambitions but struggle to turn them into reality, if you want to break free from self-doubt and limited beliefs, Join us every week to listen to inspiring stories from regular people just like you, actionable insights, and the motivation you need to make the shift towards your own dreams. And please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave us a review to help spread the message and inspire others. Hey guys, welcome back to our next episode. Man, oh man, get ready for an incredible conversation. Today I have Alex Alexander on our show. After reading his after reading his story for the first time, I knew I have to bring him to my show. I think he has all the surviving skills that all of us need to make it. I can tell you this much. His story is as wild and volatile as a stock market. From owning his own hotel booking company to cooking meals over an open fire while living in a van. Man, he has for sure had a wild ride. Well, without further ado, not still a thunder, I want to welcome Alex to our show. Welcome, Thank you so Alex. much. Thank you, Eugene. I appreciate you having me on. And it has been pretty wild and volatile. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes yeah. for a good story though, right? Absolutely. I think you sharing the story with our listeners, I think that would be so much water to follow us that want to make it right. They want to follow dreams, right? They want to become who you want to become. I think everything that you had in your life, I mean, everyone could probably take pieces of that and apply it to their own life. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I say all the time. If, if I can do this, you can do this. I mean, I was in learning disabilities class when I was in high school, which yeah. means not just the slow class, the super slow class. And so that's what I did all through high school. I, I barely even graduated high school. I can't believe they actually let me out. So really, I'm not really all that bright, but I've been able to put all this together just with working hard at it. Wow. Matt, let's hear it. I mean, I mean, learning disability class, that's, uh, that's pretty it was pretty uh, tough. Yeah. They said you're dyslexic and you're not going to learn how to read probably. And uh, you probably just won't ever be good at math. And if you talk to people now, whenever I start spitting out numbers and we're talking about all the, I, I'm the one who runs all the spreadsheets. I do all the investments. I do all the projections. And so <laughs> from somebody that couldn't even do math and probably shouldn't have graduated high school and they told him wasn't going to be able to learn to read very well, to be able to put together well, I've got a $5 million portfolio now. I just closed on a million dollar property, 20 acres, about two months wow. ago. And so all of this has been happening, but it doesn't just happen from nothing. It doesn't just happen from acting the same as I acted whenever I lived in a van. And that's part of my wow. story that we didn't really give all the details about. But five years ago, I'd had a couple of businesses go bad in a row, and I wound up living in a van on food stamps. And I was working a full-time job, still just couldn't afford to make it. I was living in Hawaii. And um, I guess I can go, if it's all right with you, I'll go ahead and kind of tell this part of the story, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's, let's so start I, from the beginning, how it all started. Yeah. 
Well, actually, how it all started was more like uh, about 2005. I moved out to Las Vegas and met up with this fella. He was doing hotel bookings. And so we started building this business together. And his brother and my brother, we were all involved. It was great. We grew from about five of us in a home office to a hundred cubicle boiler room in six months. And the first three and a, three months, we made four and a half million. And so it was an incredibly successful wow. business. What we would do is we'd buy hotel rooms a year before a convention. And so this all bleeds over to what I'm doing now. This is where I learned about dynamic pricing and how important it is. Because we would buy a hotel room, we'd buy like 50 of them. We'd say, hey, there's this big convention coming next year. There's gonna be 30,000 people in town. There's only 30,000 rooms in Las Vegas. So there's not gonna be enough rooms. The prices are gonna go up. So we would buy them a year ahead of time for, we'll just say $100 per night. Mm -hmm. And we're buying 50 of them for like five nights. And then a year later, right before the convention, I've got operators in the other room calling every single business that's going to that convention, say, hey, are you still going to this convention? No, click. Are you still going to this convention? Yes, have you booked your hotel room? Well, we're running out of hotel rooms. You better book them pretty quick. And so we'd say, these are the three that we have. We'd close like thirty and $60,000 deals like every day in like wow. five minute phone calls. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing business. 2000, and we, we took all those proceeds because we were rolling money. We had rolling capital because we would take a 50% deposit whenever we made the sale, but we wouldn't pay until six months before. So we had like six months of float of this 50. So anyway, we had tons of money that was just sitting there in accounts and we started buying houses in Atlanta. So we were doing big, kind of big purchases. We'd go and buy like a thousand houses from Wells Fargo. And we go to the REO manager and we get an entire tape of everything that they had that they wanted to get rid of. And we would mm -hmm. lock it all up. We'd get an investor. We'd lock it up into escrow. And then we'd sell them while they were in escrow. We'd cherry pick the ones we wanted, go to all of our investor lists and say, hey, we've got all these properties. They would put their money into escrow. Whenever it closed, everybody got their properties. And so it was a pretty kind of complex, weird thing that we did. But it was we had a big enough team that we could pull stuff like that off. And whenever I talk about this, four and a half million and we raised all this. I was a part of a team. Mm -hmm. It's not like I did all this on my own. It, it's, it's definitely being a part of the team is probably one of the biggest parts. You want to do something big, you're going to need to be on a team. They say, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a team. Absolutely. I think team is so important. And oh. uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I'll go so on with some of the story. We, um, we were doing really well. We had all these properties and we're selling a bunch of them, making a lot of money on the hotel rooms. And then 2008 happened. I mean, whenever Lehman Brothers clashed, crashed, everything stopped for us. On that mm -hmm. Tuesday morning, I was expecting to get a nice big check. We had an investment going and we had a guy coming in. He was supposed to be bringing us a nice big check. And I was going to put like 50000 in my pocket. And that was pretty big for me at that time. I hadn't really done a lot and it was a big amount of money. Really excited about it getting ready like two or three days beforehand that morning mm. the news comes out that Lehman crashes like 10 o'clock in the morning this guy's sitting on my beautiful Italian leather couch in my office just crying his eyes out because he just lost four million dollars wow and so he things shifted like that it was just done everything that we were working on like all of it just stopped pretty much immediately and it was pretty rough pretty much lost everything wow. We wound up just starting over. I went to the, the Texas oil field for a while. 
and I worked as mm-hmm. a roustabout and a roughneck. Now, most of the times when you're doing that job, you're like 19 or 20. And so all these young, strong guys are out there doing all this hard work. Here I am, I roll in at 36, just coming off of a failed business, trying to make some money to get myself back on track. And so I worked yeah. like 14 hours a day for like three years. It was crazy. We were working six or seven days a week, pretty much the whole time. Gosh, and so I so got really... Let's let's pick up for a second. Let's pick yeah. up for a second. Uh, so there's a moment in your life which it was like a pretty devastating moment, like everything, and the next day you own nothing. Right? Yep. So what was going on through your head? Like what exactly in that moment you were thinking about? Let's go deep. Honestly, I was just completely hopeless. I'd like to tell you that even from exactly when it happened, I felt strong and I felt like I was going to come through it, but I did not. I thought this is... Mm-hmm. This is it. This is probably the way the rest of my life is going to go. And I had to get myself out of that. And that was the big thing that changed it for me is whenever I realized my life is not going to always be like this. I can change it. I can do different things. And so that was the big change in me. And it happened back then. And that was in 2008. And I still didn't have any real kind of success for maybe another about 10 years. It was about 10 years of just grinding and having, just kind of getting beat up a little bit. And most folks, most entrepreneurs have kind of a hard time. A lot of folks don't go, go have it as bad to where they have to go live in a van. But even if you are, even Mm -hmm. if you did wind up living in a van, I came back. I'm not all that bright. You're probably brighter than me. And so if you are in that situation, you can come back too. That's amazing. Uh, and I think you're absolutely 100%. Hey, y'all. Just a quick interruption. Would love to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Y2 Capital Group Debt Fund. You know, with so much uncertainty, Y2 Capital Group Debt Fund was created to give accredited private investors a peace of mind. It helps investors to park their money short and long term, has 90-day liquidity, no management fees, keep investors' money safe and secure, Provides stable high yield returns of 7 to 10% annually, depending on the investment size, and compounds investors' interest rate on a monthly basis. Just FYI, Y2 Capital Group doesn't accept everyone. The best way to see if this is the right management for you and Y2 Capital Group is to jump on the discovery call. The link to book a call is probably down below in our show notes. And back to our episode. And I think you're absolutely 100% right. I mean, I think it's it's all about mindset, right? It's all about mindset and it's it's all about why, asking yourself, like, why you want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. To motivate yourself and to actually create discipline, discipline to achieve what you want to achieve. Let's go back for a second to the moment of you thinking to yourself, okay, that's it for me. How did you come back from this and why did you choose to go to the oil factory? Well, I knew that the oil field I could go and make, I could go make money. Pretty much hire you if you can, if you can show up on time and pass a drug test, they're going to hire you and you can just work and you can make money. (laughs) And so I went out there knowing that the economy was in a slump and that I needed to the economy wasn't slumping in the oil field. 
So I went out there and started uh, making money. The thing that changed it for me, like I said, I was, I was feeling hopeless. I was like, this is, this is not good. This is going to be, I don't know if I'm ever going to come back from this. One of the things I did, and I didn't know it then, but I know it now that it's really deep in neuroscience, is that you can't control your mind with your mind, but you can affect your mind with your body. So I started changing things. And I've gone through this a couple of times. So uh, not just losing money, but I'm talking about like health and mental. Whenever stuff gets tough, we're humans. Don't beat yourself up because you're having a hard time with it. But don't sit in that low place and just stay there and be okay with that. Because you can get out of it. Everybody can get out of it. You can make changes in your life. And one of the things you do is you make changes with what you do with your body. You get up early and you exercise. That's really like the basic foundations all personal development. Everybody talks about you got to be in good shape, get up early in the day, don't be laying around in bed. And it seems kind of like trite, like it's kind of a cliche, like, yeah, we know that, but are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Are you getting yeah. up way before the sun? Are you having two or three hours to yourself before anybody else gets started? That's the changes that it takes. Are you willing to sacrifice that time of sleep in the morning? Because that's, that's what I did. And it, it worked for me. I'm telling you, it really worked for me. I was, went to the oil field, like I said, and that mm -hmm. whole change carried over into the oil field. Here I am, a 35-year-old guy competing with these 19-year-old young guys full of testosterone and all kind of energy and strength and muscles, and I was able to keep up with them, and I pushed myself to do it because I'd already been training myself. I know I need to do these hard things. I know I need to do these hard things. Get up early. It's hard. Work out every single day. It's hard. And so whenever I slack on it, you can start to tell. My business starts to go down. My personality starts to go down. My enjoyment of life starts to go down. So once you get this mm -hmm. into your life, all any kind of habits like that, I suggest those two. Those two are the best ones to start with, in my opinion. Get up way before everybody else. Like whatever else is happening in your house or whenever people start calling you, if it's eight, get up three hours before that. I get up at four. Been doing it for years, and it's just made a humongous difference in my life. I get like three work days. If you ever listen to Ed Milet, I was already on this track and then he said it and I was like, oh, that's what he, that's what it is. He goes, if you have from four in the morning till uh, I think it's 10, that's a work day. That's a six hour work day. Yeah. Yeah. And you say so you yeah. can have three of those in a day. If you'll do the work and split up your day that way. So I started doing it that way. I'd have like a morning work session. Then I have a daytime, which is right now where I actually meet with people, but the morning is completely Completely isolated, just me. I can just work mm -hmm. on stuff that I need to work on with no distractions. That's why the morning is so important. If you're the only one waking up at four, awesome. That means nobody else is going to call you, text you, DM you. You don't have to respond to anybody. The kids aren't making noise. The wife isn't making noise. Whatever it is in your life, you can really yeah. focus in that morning time. And some people do it at night. I don't dig that. I, I know some other people that are very successful that, that do nighttime work. I don't like that. I like to wake up fresh, and it makes my mind work really, really well. And now that I've been doing it for so many years, if I work, if I wake up and I don't start working, the people around me are losing their minds because my mouth is going a million miles a minute because I've trained my brain to be super amped up first thing in the morning and be efficient and running well and working well and everything coming out. No, uhs, ahs, pauses, thinking, none of that. The mind just works mm -hmm. really, really, really well. And so mm -hmm. you can train yourself to do that too. All these things that I'm talking about, are not even difficult. Like yeah. how hard is it to just get up in the morning, do a little workout and start working? Yep. So I think it's all about the just 
for taking the first step, right? Uh, a lot of things in our life, we just need to take the first step. And for some reason or another, people want to take that step, but they don't do it. And like, this is exactly why I'm talking to people like you to motivate people, right? Our listeners to give them advice, to, uh, to show them the way of how it needs to be done so they can follow. They can borrow your beliefs. They can borrow our, our other guests' beliefs, right? And they don't have to reinvent the wheel. They just have to simply follow the steps that other people had done in the past and became successful. This is just what it takes. But for some, I think a lot of people want to complicate things, right? And yeah. It has to be complicated. It doesn't have to be. So people who want to move out of, let's talk about W-2s. I know that's really a, a big focus for your show, right? Folks that are, have W-2 jobs now and they like to get out of W-2s. They want to get into entrepreneurship or real estate or somewhere they can work for themselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, these, are, these are exactly the steps to follow. What I just told you, get up early, work out, start working immediately. If you get up early and get started, you're going to have so much more time than everybody else. You start to just pass everybody. Now, if you're doing all of your work on your W-2, of course, all the value is going to go towards the owner of that business. So you have your own time in the morning that you work on your own business. And then you have your daytime that you work on somebody else's business because they're affording your lifestyle. So that's what's going on when you have a W-2 and you're trying to build something on the side. Man, you've got to get up early. You've got to stay up late. It, it's just you have to because you're basically working two jobs. You're working two full-time jobs. When you're trying to build your own entrepreneurial venture, that's a full-time job. So trying to, I sort of like the idea of side hustle, but the words mess people up because it feels like you can, oh, I'll just have this little side hustle. Well, you're going to make side money. It's not anything good. It's not, it's, yeah. It doesn't really make any difference. It just takes a lot of your time. It doesn't even sound like side hustle is uh, something that you don't really pay attention to a lot because it's on the side. And if you want to really be successful in, in that something that you have on the side, I think you have to devote more time <laughs> and you have to probably put it in front. Yeah, for sure. And that's the other thing. You just <laughs> mentioned something, putting it in front. That's the biggest thing. You put it first. That's why I like the morning. That's why I like getting the exercise first thing in the morning, doing the hard work first thing in the morning. You put it first. Because how many times have you had, oh, I'm going to work out this afternoon. And how many times have you not gotten to it? If you're anything like me, it's probably like most of the time. Most of the time, whenever I say, oh, I won't go this morning, I'll go in the afternoon. Almost never. But every single time I get up and work out, every single time I get up and I work out in the morning because it's the first thing. There's no other choices. There's no other delaying. There's no other, oh, I'll put it off. Maybe I'll do this and I'll do that late. No, there's nothing. It's the very first thing. And it's the same habit every single day. And it makes a big, huge difference. How compounding interest works. Yes, I do. You have a, but a certain so, amount. So, pretty, you get that little so. bit of interest. Yeah, you get that little bit of interest. And the next time you get the little bit of interest on that interest. And it mm -hmm. really, it, it compounds, it grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The magic of compounding interest. So this is yes, compounding sir. habits in your life. You start to get compounding these habits where... Habits. That's right. You compound them. 
and they add on to each other and they, they, they don't go literally linearly. They become geometric and they just zoom up off into the sky because whenever you compound a whole bunch of skills, if you only took two skills and got like, instead of spending 10,000 hours to become a master at these two skills, say you spent like 2,000 hours at both and became really good and, and you're the only person that does them both. Scott Alexander talks about this all the time because he's a comedy writer and a, and he's in politics. So <laughs> most folks don't have both of those. And he's one of the few people that's like a cartoonist that also is in politics and a, and a thought leader or whatever in that realm. So he gets to stand out because he's like unique because there's almost, even though he's not the best cartoonist and he's not the best political pundit, but he's the best cartoonist who is a political pundit. <laughs> so if you can stack two skills, you can become the best at things and you don't even have to be the best at the two skills that you stacked. Wow. That's incredible. Stack two skills. Hey guys, uh, t take notes. I think uh, I think this is gold. I think this is gold. Just to summarize quickly, what Alex was saying is like you can still affect mind with the mind, but you can affect your mind with the body. So start if you're not exercising, start exercising, right? Start affecting your mind in a way that you get positive vibrations uh, that you can actually take energy from. And the other thing is that Alex was just saying, you don't have to be good at everything, right? You know, just take two skills that you're going to be good at and just work on those skills and become great at those two skills. And the number three, the third point that Alex was talking about was the compounding habits. So guys, if you train your mind, train your body, work on your skills, improve those at least like 1% a day, right? Those 1% a day will not be, will not be 364% in a year. It's going to be a lot more because it's a compounded interest. That's right. That's the same things awesome. that happens with habits. So, yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about your second phase of your life, right? So you're in the oil field, 36 year old, working in the oil field, competing against uh, people who are 19, 20 years old. How did you, at some point in your life, you ended up in a van, right? You ended up in a van, cooking food over an open fire. And let's talk about that. Yeah, let's get yeah, all that. Uh, that oil field work. I would love to hear it more. But. That oil field work is just really intense and it's really long. And so I just pushed through it for a bunch of years and saved up my money at about, I don't know, 20 or 30,000. I don't even remember. And I moved to Hawaii because my, my son and my ex-wife lived there. And so I wanted to go mm -hmm. be near my son. Well, I got there and just kind of uh, hit hard times right off. I wound up, I had a job. But it just was really expensive and I invested some money. It didn't go well. And I wound up, like I said, I bought a van. I could afford the rent on this one apartment I could stay in. But I was just like, ah, it's a terrible place and there's crackheads everywhere. So I just bought a van, threw a mattress in the back because I saw some hippie kids down at the beach and they looked like they had the best life ever. 
or they were sleeping on the beach and then they go surf. Maybe they'd catch a fish. Maybe they'd cook it right there and it right by the parking lot. And so mm. I just really fell in love with that idea and I did it. I, I bought a van and lived in the back of it. And so at that time I was like, okay, well now we're going to get back together. We're going to get my money together. We're going to start some more businesses. I started, uh, let's take four in a row that just didn't go anywhere. One was the iPhone repair and they uh-huh. just kept coming out with newer and newer iPhones that I couldn't keep up just being a small <laughs> little one guy. And so that business kind of wound up petering out and a dog kennel business where I'd uh, take care of other people's dogs. We deliver mulch, just whatever kind of businesses, little hustles, all these little side hustles, like I was talking about, yeah. and they don't add up. You do a bunch of these little side hustles and it's not like you're making a lot of money. You're just barely getting by and mm-hmm. it's, it's not a very fun life. So I was over there doing that and I wanted to get back into real estate and I'd been scratching and scraping, trying to find a deal or trying to find something I could get into. And I met this old guy. He goes, I got land. I'll sell you for 200 down, 200 for month. And I was like, that's the craziest deal I've ever heard of. And so he said, yes, 200 down, 200 per month, no credit check. It's no problem. Come on over to my house. I meet him. He's 84 and he shows me this one acre piece of land and it is terrible. It's covered in trash. It has four abandoned cars on it. It has four more cars in parts all over the whole entire place. Fenders over here, tires. There was a hundred tires on the property. And so it took us forever to clean that up. I I literally parked my van on that piece of property. I camped in the van while I cleaned it up. That took about three months just to clean the property where we could actually do anything. And I built a little tent that I could live in while I built my house. I built my own house, just a plywood house and dug my own Mm. septic, put up solar. And I raised about 13 pigs, about 20 chickens. We grew a couple of hundred papaya trees, about a hundred avocado trees. Yeah. So the thing is, it's Hawaii. Everything grows. Everything can be like fertile and abundant. It's pretty great. And so you just take and you break a stick off of a tree and you put it in the dirt and it'll grow another tree. It's just amazing over there. And so, yeah, we've learned. It was kind of like a fairy tale. But at the same time, I'm hauling water. So at least like two times a month I'm in the middle of a shower and just run out of water when we have to go and load up a tank take it down to the place and fill it up with water and bring the tank back up drain it into the other tank and so even though we were having this kind of like fairy tale kind of life because it's really beautiful it's totally off grid no power no water no sewer also this place has no banks no schools no pharmacies it's way out there in the middle of nowhere on the side of a volcano and so I bought that piece of land. I was living on it. I built my house. And then the old guy said, hey, I got the lot right next to you. You want to buy that one too? Same deal. So I bought the <laughs> lot next to me for 200 down, 200 per month. And then I sold it for 400 down, 400 per month, the same month. So I never even paid oh, the wow. money. My first month, I made my money back, my 400 that I put how down. Did you, the, how, how did you find people? I just went on Craigslist and Facebook. And I just listed it and said, hey, I got this piece of land for sale. And so I've got a contract with the seller. And so I'm, I'm basically like wholesaling it or arbitrage, nice. whatever kind of words you want to use. And so I did nice. that until I had about 12 properties with him. And then I met a, a fellow, some of you folks on the call might know him, Brent Mott. He's a, he's kind of a well-known real estate investor in Houston. And we met at an event, we hit it off and he liked the sound of my Hawaii deal. He actually <laughs> flew back over to, he flew back over to Hawaii 
and he went and looked at deals with me, and we bought 36 one-acre lots, an entire city block. We bought 36 wow. lots at nice. one time. Yeah. So we took it. He went and raised the money. We took in $300,000, and I took part of that as a construction budget. And within 34 days, we did 36 house pads and 36 driveways. And within six months, I had sold all of those properties on payments. So my whole Hawaii, all my different portfolios in Hawaii, those companies, I don't take care of anymore. They, I've got an accountant that takes that balances the books. As a matter of fact, she's doing it today. She's going to send a check to my, send a ACH right to my account today whenever she gets done. So I spend about one to two hours per month on this, and that business still makes. It used to make around thirty thousand per month. I think it's about twenty thousand per month now. And it's going to continue to make twenty to thirty thousand for the next three years, and it's already been going yeah, for three years. Incredible. So, yeah, that so that that came out to be a one point five million dollar value out of three hundred thousand dollars, and I did that in six months. And I didn't do it by myself. Like I said, I had Brent came and, and raised the money. I had another p- business partner, Aaron Holdgren, came in and he was uh, an amazing advisor, and he's taught me so much about how to run investment funds. Right. Talking about uh, overcoming adversity and uh, being resourceful. So whenever I was talking to Brent, I didn't have a laptop even. I had an $80 Walmart Samsung phone on straight talk. No internet because we're out on a volcano. So I'm trying to talk to him on the phone. He's trying to email me stuff. He's like, DocuSign this. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to go buy it. So I had to go buy a laptop. I had to buy this special Wi-Fi for way out in the country. I did all this stuff so I could get connected, and it still was terrible. The Wi-Fi was just so terrible. We couldn't even do Zoom calls. We couldn't even, my emails probably didn't even go through half the time. So they really stuck with me through that because they knew that I was the boots on the ground. Talking about the living over the grid. That's right. right. That's right. So I would go, we were so far off the grid, I would go into town and download a bunch of YouTube videos about how to raise chickens and how to plant papayas and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then I'd go home and watch them and then do it. That sounds like a, it was a rough. very tough, it's a tough life, man. It's very tough. It sounds like very tough. It was uh, rough. And the reason I tell you about it, though, is because even if your life is that rough right now, I mean, do you have, do you have clean water? I had to go get my water. So if you got clean water, you're already doing better than me now from where I started. So you can get past me where I am now. You can get past me because you're already further along than where I started. You have clean water. You can just turn on the tap and let it run for hours if you want. You're not going to run out of water. You can just flip the switch in in your house and the lights are going to come on. You can plug it in and the power is going to be there. So you're starting already acres and acres ahead of where I was. So anything that I'm doing that you think, oh, I don't know if I can quit my W-2. And the thing is, you don't want to go quit your W-2 and go live in a van like I did. I did it the extreme way. Most folks, you shouldn't do it that way. <laughs> so here's, a, an interesting, uh, here's an interesting, uh, I think, very interesting conversation that we can have in a minute or two. You've been living off the grid, no power, no water. Your life like did not compare in any way to people who had the house, uh, had their own electricity or running their own water. So talking about being comfortable versus being not comfortable, right? So 
people who have stuff, I would say they're really comfortable with it, right? And if you're comfortable being, if you're just comfortable, I think there is nothing gross in a comfort zone, right? You're right. So, but you, on the other hand, you had pretty much nothing. So you had to hustle. You had to get those things. You had to be uncomfortable every day, right? So what I want to touch on is when people have a lot of things, right, they're in, in their comfort zone. How, in your opinion, they would need to become uncomfortable? Oh, this is easy. You got to make yourself uncomfortable because you got to pay attention to what's really happening in your situation to be honest with yourself about it. Because if you're sitting at a W-2 job that you hate right now, what's it going to be like in five years? What are you going to be like in five years after you work a W-2 job that you hate for five years? And you know that now and you can make a change? Why are you going to wait five years? So that's how you make yourself uncomfortable is you really get honest and you pay attention to what's going on in your situation. Because that's an honest, those are honest questions. What is it going to be like in five years if you stay at a job that you hate now? And if you don't hate your job and say you just don't like it all that much, you'd rather work for yourself, who are you going to be to your kids if you tell them to chase their dreams and go find their goals and go do all that, but you work a W-2 job and you don't do it? So these are, these are just things I'm throwing out that you can put into your mind because you need to make yourself uncomfortable or else you will not make change. There's probably, I, I can't think of anyone who will make a change if they're sitting there comfortable. It's just incredibly rare. There, there has to be something that's making them uncomfortable to make that change. Yeah. So I think it boils down to having why behind everything, right? Like having why, like why you want to do it. I mean, what is behind you that would give you this fire, right? To go and do things. And my question to you is, uh, what was your why when you felt like there's nothing you could do at specific moments in your life? Living in the van, like, what was your motivation? Like, what, what was your why? What gave you that boost to go forward? So a lot of the things that I've used over my life to get through this are not healthy. And I don't always suggest them, but a lot of them work. A lot of them work okay. really well. So when I'm talking about focusing on what situation you're in and thinking about what's this going to be like in five years and imagining it, I'm talking about you really imagine it. What does it look like? What is your day like? Because this is what I did. And that's, I'm living in a van. I'm not going to get to see my son. All kinds of things like this. I, I play it forward and create even more discomfort for myself. So somebody who's, like we were talking about, super comfortable, they can do the same thing. Just create the discomfort for yourself and you will make the change or else you're not making yourself uncomfortable enough. So one of the things I hear people talk about with um, Alex Hormozzi talks about whenever he was talking about uh, people losing weight, he's like, well, maybe you just need to gain more weight. Maybe you need to be 400 pounds so that you can't even walk and your knees hurt all day every day so that you'll make the change. Oh, or you could just so make yourself uncomfortable in your mind and make the change. You don't have to make yourself physically sick and unhealthy 
and uncomfortable to make that change. You can make your mind, you can put that discomfort here by imagining what it's going to be like if you don't make a change. That is so good. That's, yeah. Your brain is so powerful, man. Your brain is so powerful. The only thing your brain can't affect is itself. That's why you got to use your body to affect your brain and your brain affects everything else. Sort of like a reverse psychology in a way, right? Sure. Like a, if you ask someone to do things and they don't do it, then, you know, just ask them not to do it and then tell them like what will happen if they, if they, uh, what will happen, right? That's right. So, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, guys. So take one. I think if you're comfortable in your life and how to take your first step, you know, create this discomfort, create this discomfort in your brain, in your life, and it should give you. You will find your motivation. You will find the why. If you don't have the why right now, and you know, feel free. Actually, feel free to reach out to me. I'll feel free to reach out to you and Alex and tell us what discomfort level you created to yourself because and share it with us. And if you don't, if you don't mind, you know, we'll share it with others because this is so powerful uh, to drive you forward. It sure is. And I didn't finish answering your question, which was, what was my why? And so I've changed my why over time and I fit it to what's going on in my life and what I need the motivation for. So currently I buy, build and operate RV parks. And so I've been working on that for a while. And honestly, for about the first year of it, it was about nothing but the money. I realized an opportunity. I said, there's money in this. And I dove in head first. I went and got an office, took a partner, and then I took another partner. And now we took, we just raised $1.5 million and we just closed on 20 acres. And we're about to spend another million dollars and we got another three and a half million on a loan for another 80 acres. So, I mean, this is happening quick now. And the reason it's changed, I think, is because I've put in a mission statement. And it's not just about the money anymore. So the why can get expanded and become a mission statement. So you can take your why and really make it something. So my current mission statement is, is a personal life mission statement is to help one million fathers connect more deeply and create lifelong connection with their children through the power of excellent outdoor camping experiences. So whenever people come and camp at our RV sites, I mean, it happened to me. I, whenever I was camping, you bond with the family, you're close to the family. And I see that over and over and over at these RV parks, the family is binding closer and closer together. Everyone that I talk about that says, yeah, my dad used to take us on RV trips when we were a little kid. They get such fond memories thinking back on it. And I think that's really important to put families together, give them abilities to be able to stay together and really grow. I get more into the neuroscience part too. I really like the neuroscience part because the, the man and the woman, the family, they have, to, they, they have to overcome challenges when you're in an RV. You have to set it up and you have to park it. And you, so there are all these little challenges to overcome. And now with the children, even more challenges to overcome. Whenever you overcome those together, that's what creates the bonding. It creates vasopressin in the man, oxytocin in the woman. They're in love. The kids see it. It's a great example for them. And I just think it's a really important thing. So I keep that in my mind. I talk about it a lot. I kind of rant about it a lot because I think it's important. This is incredible. When I talk to other people, right, the entrepreneurial journey 
could seem like very lonely, right? And sometimes people have partners in their lives that may or may not agree with what with with what their partners are doing, right? It's like, a, or they may not tag along with the ride. But I think these type of experiences that you just mentioned, I think they, like you said, they bring people together, right? And it's sort of, if you have a mission statement in your life, whatever it is, and if you want your family to take along, right, you can, instead of convincing them uh, verbally or arguing, right, you can sort of impact this indirectly by creating these experiences, right? Yeah, you're right on track. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. And what I suggest when you're making up a mission statement or a why, make it big. Make it worth it. Because are you going to make the sacrifices if your why is, oh, I want to make $100,000 a year? Okay, well, that's, that's, that's a why, I guess. That's why you're getting going to work or whatever. But is that really big enough to motivate you to make changes in your life so that you can make changes in the world around you? It doesn't sound like it yeah. is. You really got to make, make it a big why. I'm trying to help a yeah. million fathers. I had to make it big. At first I said, I'm yeah. help a thousand. And I was like, wait a minute, a thousand? It's not very much. And I was like, okay, a hundred thousand. I was like, well, still a hundred thousand. Well, I got a good friend, uh, Jared Walther, who talks about this. He says, double it, uh, add a zero and double it. Add a zero and double it. I love it. Add a zero and double it to everything. Whatever goals you have, whatever ambitions you have, add a zero, then double it. If you think that you need to make a hundred thousand dollars per year, what's one more zero on that? Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything, right? doesn't cost you anything to think about it like that, and it doesn't cost you anything to imagine and focus and, and set your goals there. Nice. When I was in tech, working for a tech company, we used to have this phrase, be hack goal. Yeah. Be hack. It's a big, hairy, ambitious goals, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think this is, this is exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to set some big, crazy goals, some stuff that whenever you tell your friends and family, they're just like, what are you even talking about? So now I've been talking about this for a year, but we're forming a real estate investment fund to buy RV parks. So we're Mm -hmm. raising $60 million and we're going to leverage that and we're going to buy 150 RV parks. So we're going to do 75% LTV leverage, which means we're going to have about a $2 billion fund in about 10 years. And so that's a BHAG for you. $2 $2 billion. And the crazy thing is, I got every step done. I got every step laid out. So that's really all you got to do. You set this big, hairy, audacious goal and then work backwards. Set up all your steps of everything you need to do to get there and then start on the first step and just don't quit until you get done. Nice. So, and that nice. B tag is note. big. That's a good way. Take notes, guys, because. What Alex was uh, just talking about is if you want to get somewhere, but you don't know how to get there, work backwards, uh, create this big ambitious goal and map out the steps and how to get to that goal. It could be yearly, could be yearly goals, break them down to quarterly goals, break quarterly goals down to monthly goals and break monthly goals down to weekly goals if you need to, right? 
Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, obviously you will meet challenges all the way and without, I would say, if you wouldn't meet those challenges, like I think that probably is not a big area, dishes goal, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Hey, so I want to, I want to go back to a uh, uh, mission statement that you created because I okay. think you dialed that mission statement down to a T. I think it sounded so good that I wanted to ask you a question. Sorry. Well, I want to tell you first why it sounded so good to you. It's because it's connected to honesty and truth in my heart. And that's why even probably the sound of my voice saying it probably sounded good because it's connected. Right. It's probably is because also coming from a personal experience, right? That's while right. you were in an event, while you were trying to connect with your family, right? Exactly. It's been coming from a personal experience. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. So for people who want to create in a mission statement in their lives, but they really, they really can't like, besides connecting things from your previous experiences in your life, connecting the dots from previous experiences in your life, what would the other tip? Yeah. The people that can't even imagine a big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, they don't have exposure. So if you realize, Hey man, I'm trying to figure out this goal, this future, I'm trying to make a plan and you just really have a hard time with it. And you just feel like it's not ever coming through. You work on it for a while. Maybe you can take a different approach. Uh, what would you suggest? Well, what were we talking about? (laughs) You're talking about mission statements. Like how would one create a mission statement? Yeah. What would be your tip? It needs to be personal. It needs to be personal and it needs to be connected to you somehow and it needs to be important. Because whenever we talk about a big, hairy, audacious goal, that's different than a mission statement. My mission statement is not a goal to help a million fathers. It's a mission mm-hmm. that I'm on. And it's a different. Using those different words are important because it means different things in your mind. But so, um, so to it develop it, I, it needs to be personal. It needs to be important. And make it make it a big one. Try to help a bunch of people. Try to buy a bunch of houses. Try to start a bunch of businesses. Hey guys, so write this down. If you want to create a mission statement, make it personal, make it important, and make it a big one. That's right. Awesome. <laughs> so good. You know, if you need help, I think Alex could probably help with that, right? Yeah, I help people all the time. I, I'm doing, I've been doing coaching and training for a little while now. And so I don't technically work with people on mindset. I work with people on how to invest in RV parks, how to go buy an RV park mm-hmm. and close on one in six months. I guarantee it. I guarantee I'm going to get you closed in six months or I'll work with you until you do close. And so I found RVs and, and I that's my thing. That's, a, that's the one thing that I focus on all the time. I'm niched down to it. I focus on it. I, I don't do storage. I don't do senior living. I don't do apartments or hotels. I don't do anything else. So mm-hmm. I know way more about my thing than the guy who also does two other things. And so niching down and focusing on it, has been a big deal for me. That's great. Yeah. We we're talking yeah. about mission statement. Yeah. I think we're wrapping that part up because we've, we really 
it's about making it big, making it important, making it personal. Right. Awesome. Yep. So there you go, guys. Mission statement. Why do I think mission statement is so important is because this is part of your why, right? This is what's driving you ahead. This is what's giving you fire behind you to go forward and make things happen. So create a mission statement that will give you this power because sometimes you will lack motivation, right? Sometimes you will lack other things that that can prevent you to reach your goal. You will have lots of challenges. So this mission statement, I believe, can actually push you forward and find resources, overcome adversity, overcome your limited beliefs, and it will not make you quit. And with that, Alex, I have a quick round that I called moment of truth. Okay. That I have a few questions that I want to ask you. Try to think quick on your feet, if, right? And okay. uh, so we can go through them pretty quickly because this is, I believe, we want to get to know you a little bit better, right? Sure. And I think the moment of truth round would give us that chance. Let's do it. What do you think your strength is? Being resourceful. What do you think your weakness is? When I'm not resourceful. What is your biggest fear? Man, that's some deep ones. I'll go with the business. My biggest fear is that we're going to not be able to raise the money to close on a deal. Name one educational resource that made an impact in building your business. What kind of a source? Educational resource. YouTube. YouTube Premium. And if you're not on YouTube Premium, I think you're just not, you're missing out big time. Name a person that made the biggest impact in your life or on your life. Uh, Probably Bob DeBauer. He's the 85-year-old. He was 84 when I met him. He's, uh... He's 87 now. And so he's the first one that got me started in real estate, actually buying properties and really making money. I'd done a bunch of real estate before that and hadn't really had a ton of success. And once I started working with him, I didn't tell you the rest of the part about him. And he's he's interesting. I told him, look, I can't send you a check. I got to bring you cash for these properties because I knew that he liked to talk and I'd get him talking every week or every month. And so once a month, I'm getting like an hour long mentorship from this 84 year old real estate professional who's been making like $40,000 a month for the past 40 years. Most people who make it into that's top 1%. That's top 1% of income earners in America, 400,000. So he's made it into that. But most people that make it in there, make it for two, three, five years. There's very, very, very few people that make it into the 1% for more than like five years. And he was in it for 40 years. So that means he didn't have a gambling problem. He didn't have an extra girlfriend. He didn't get some girl pregnant and mess up. He didn't get have a drinking problem. None of that. He didn't get DUIs. None of that crashed his life. And so I took that on as a mentorship and really paid attention to him. That's so cool. 
What was the one question you always wanted to be asked, but never did? One question I wanted to be asked, would you like a million dollars? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question, if in 100 years, science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life, what would the title and the blurb tell us about Alex Alexander? The title is, if I can, you can. And it's about what we talked about pretty much this whole time. I am not any more special than any other person. And I've achieved a certain amount of success, which is pretty amazing to me. Coming from a trailer park in West Texas to winding up in a van in my 30s to having a $5 million portfolio and growing that to a $2 billion portfolio over the next 10 years, you can make the changes in your life just like I did. Because if I can do it, you can do it. Excellent. Excellent. That was so good, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I appreciate you having me. If, yeah, absolutely. If people want to connect with you, how can they do it? I've got a bunch of websites. You can go to hawaiilandman.com. You can email me at integritylanddevelopment at gmail.com. And I'm all over the internet at Alex Alexander. If you search Alex Alexander RV Park, you'll find me. I'm all over uh, Facebook and YouTube and all that. And so if you just search for me like that, you're going to find me. I've got a ton. I've probably got like 400 videos out there and a bunch of stuff you can go watch. I talk like this all the time. I mean, it's probably pretty fun to watch it on a podcast. It might be <laughs> not as fun to be around it all the time, but I talk like this all the time. So all of my videos are like this. If you want to go watch them, go watch them. Love for you to get some value. Cool. And everything what Alex just said, we are going to put on our show notes and we are going to put it inside our podcast as well. So you guys can find Alex if you want to find him pretty fast and easy. Alex. It was a pleasure. So much value. So many great stories. And I'm sure that over the time we, we just spent 50 minutes or 55 minutes, it would not cover probably one hundredth of, <laughs> of your life. So I think I would love to bring you probably next time as well and talk more about uh, the things in your life that impacted you in a positive way or a negative way so we can share those experiences with other people that sounds good and hey i really appreciate you having me on your show i feel like your show's focus is very very important if people want to get out of these w2s you giving them the tools you giving them the knowledge and the access to the people who have done it that's that's invaluable this is a really good show thank you so much really appreciate it so guys We'll see you later. Alex, thank you so much. And we'll chat offline. Thank you. We hope that today's episode has inspired you to take action towards building the life you've always wanted. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to our podcast for more empowering stories, actionable insights, and motivation to help you make the shift towards your own dreams. Thanks again for listening to The Shift.